Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Joe, we are hopefully live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? April 3rd edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Give me a follow online uh, via all the social medias at Showdown Joe. And, of course, my co-host, as always, managing editor for Fightful.com, Sean Ross Sapp. Give him a follow at Sean Ross Sapp. Arguably the hardest working man uh, in the world of mixed martial arts, boxing, professional wrestling. This guy doesn't get a break. He doesn't stop. And with so much going on uh, over the next, what, week or so, it is just crazy. Hey, Hey, you know, apparently 3 p.m. Eastern is prime time for news. Seconds after I start this podcast, Joe. Oh, no. Triple G Canelo canceled. I, the whole, yeah. And last week, was it last week or the week before? The Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan thing? Daniel Bryan, my God. My yeah. God. Obviously, we've got a lot of news to talk about. You will not be getting pros picks for Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. Because that fight is now Max Holloway versus Habib Nurmagomedov. My God, I uh, want to go ahead and let you guys know you can uh, check out their new Fightful Select premium service. I have Q&A podcasts, retro reviews, dark match commentary, Fightful photo galleries, exclusive matches from Jimmy Van, behind-the-scenes footage, uh, just a ton of stuff. Head over to FightfulSelect.com. Check it out. Support us. It would mean a lot. I won't go into the whole spiel here, but FightfulSelect.com is where you want to be. It's why we're able to bring this show to you ad-free today. 
with the exception of our betting sponsor, of course. Yes, and we'll get to that uh, in a moment. For those that uh, haven't heard, been living under a rock, just returned from uh, being off the grid. If you haven't heard, yes, on April 1st, not an April Fool's joke, according to, uh, well, we all initially thought it was when Dana White came out with the information that Tony Ferguson injured himself, he was off, and stepping in for Tony Ferguson would be Max Holloway taking on Habib Nurmagomedov for the real title. And when I say the real title, (laughs) it was the interim title that was up for grabs, Tony Ferguson's interim title that was up for grabs versus Nurmagomedov with the winner potentially getting Conor McGregor, who, with Dana White now saying the minute a punch is – or the moment a punch is thrown between Holloway and Nurmagomedov, it is officially for the real title, yet – we haven't heard any word just yet that Conor McGregor has been stripped. Should he be stripped? Yes, in my opinion. Uh, it's been a long time coming because he wins belts, doesn't defend them, and all the power to him. He's made a ton of money, especially with the with the Mayweather fight, but enough's enough. Yeah, well, the, the thing is that was always the plan, was to strip Conor McGregor essentially as soon as a punch was thrown. It was very smart of Dana White and the UFC to not say that Habib versus Tony was for the Undisputed Championship because this always happens. What happened was Tony Ferguson tripped on a cable, I think Thursday afternoon, while doing a UFC media obligation. Hope they're paying him some money for going through that camp. There needs to be some sort, you know, if they had a collective bargaining agreement that would really <laughs> help things out, but we won't go there. Tony Ferguson, you would assume that he got this by training at, on like, unicycles in the mountains like 4,000 feet above sea level but no that's not what happened he tripped over a wire tore his LCL that will put him out for likely the rest of the year if he gets surgery he's going to look at another option he's trying to to avoid surgery he's 34 years old he is no spring chicken despite his recent ascension at the top of the UFC ranks however they're not out of the woods yet Joe they are far from out of the woods yet because both guys have to make weight. And I know that people are like, well, Max Holloway's a 145er. He'll make weight no problem. A uh, no. Tyler Minton just matter. said that that's, uh, or I think it was Tyler Minton or George Lockhart said that it's tied for the most weight in that amount of time that he has to cut. Uh, as, as far as a size disadvantage goes, we'll talk about that in a moment. But also there's a guy named Habib Nurmagomedov who has to make weight and has to make weight safely. Yeah, so there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot of intangibles or tangibles that we have to look at to say, you know what? This fight will not take place until they finally step into the octagon, door shut, Bruce Buffer makes the announcement, referee says go, and then they fight. There's so many things that need to happen. It's crazy how the sport has gotten to this point here, uh, but it's the reality. It's happened so many times, and I know people are thinking, like you said, well, Max Holloway's a 145-pounder. He should have no problem making a 155. Uh, it doesn't work that way, guys. He cuts a lot of weight to get to 145. He technically should be competing at 155, and he would still have to cut a fair amount of weight to make 155. And the fact that he's doing it on realistically eight days or nine days notice when you think about that the injury took place, uh, I think it was on the Thursday or Friday. We didn't hear about it until the Sunday. Now, does that mean yeah. is that when Max actually accepted it? It is. If Max, yeah. If Max accepted on the Sunday, well, he's got six days, technically a little bit less than six days to make 155. Brian Ortega was offered and accepted it in the meantime, too. So a lot of respect to him as well. But there's still an opportunity, there's still a chance that Benson Henderson versus Roger Huerta is the only lightweight main event we see this weekend. My right? God. My yeah. God. Uh, so this fight, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about it from a stylistic standpoint. Let's let's jump right in. This is the story of the week. But um, 
There's also the Conor McGregor factor. He will be there. And if Max Holloway wins this fight, that is immediately a fight. Because we're talking about Conor McGregor beating Max Holloway years ago on a torn ACL when Max Holloway was just a pup. He was was still, I won't call him the run of the litter, but he was still growing, and he still is today. Max Holloway has extremely accurate striking and strikes in volume. As we've seen in the past, Habib has run into some trouble with a Michael Johnson who has some, uh, I wouldn't say accurate striking, but overwhelming striking. However, he passed the Edson Barboza test. So uh, there, there is that. Um, I look at – sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, go on. So with Max Holloway's precise striking, uh, and you, you'd think he would have the speed advantage heading into this fight. I think he does have the speed advantage heading into this fight. But at the same time, he doesn't have that exact power. Uh, he will take your power. Just go watch the old, the uh, Jose Aldo fights. He'll take your power until you wither away and you fatigue, and then he'll go in there and throw a pounding on you. Now, with Habib Nurmagomedov, um, the, the speed I still think will favor Max Holloway, but if the power isn't there, I think Habib's going to walk him down. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was mentioning it last week during our podcast, uh, the last Holy Smokes podcast last Tuesday, how I was going to make my prediction, and my prediction will remain the same. Uh, as you can tell, I didn't pick Tony Ferguson to win this fight no matter what. So I was going to pick Habib Nurmagomedov, who I will argue that he is potentially not number one pound for pound in the sport of mixed martial arts, but he just may be 1A. I will give it to Demetrius Muddy Mouse Johnson, hands down. But when it comes, if you if you want to throw in a fear factor when it comes to uh, pound for pound, then you can you can make an argument that Habib Nurmagomedov is number one in the world because that guy there is ferocious. He's fantastic, and I think what he'll just simply do what he does best. He will stalk Max Holloway. Max Holloway will have to use his footwork, use his jab a lot, and and throw those combinations. But he's going to get taken down. Yeah, I think yeah, he's going to get taken down. If it's at, against the cage, it won't be pretty. At some point, he's going to get taken down. That's that's just unless he he starches Habib, which you know isn't out of the realm of possibility. Not at all. Yeah, correct. There there are a lot of question marks surrounding what will the weight cut do to Max Holloway. He pulled out of a fight two months ago. So two months ago, he wasn't good enough to fight, and was talking about maybe July he comes back. However, he seems to be good to go. Couldn't pass up this opportunity. He really doesn't have anything to lose. Nobody Zero. is going to scoff at him for losing to a an undefeated monster in Habib Nurmagomedov. If he loses embarrassingly, maybe. I thought that I did think that uh, BJ Penn lost a little bit when he got mollywopped by GSP when he moved up. But I mean, anybody who n- had any idea what was going on there knew that that was a bad idea. The funny thing is, just a few years ago, the talk of two titles at once was such a Man, that's crazy idea. What an idea. There's a real chance that we could have three people that have done that over the past two years. Not to even mention that GSP, even though he never, he didn't hold them at the same time, won his second championship. The, it is the era of the super fight. It's the era of the, the money fight, quote unquote. And the, the good thing for the UFC about this is they are in a fortunate situation where they have so many damn weight divisions right now. Which I, I don't think it's too many. I really don't think it's too many. I think it is just under the right amount. I would add 165. Yep. But they are and also a... I would consider a cruiserweight. If there were more quality light heavyweights and heavyweights, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that being said... We'll talk about the cruiserweight thing in a moment. But you've got Conor McGregor just sitting out there waiting. And I've said it before, man. Like... It could happen. 
Habib could miss weight and still win this fight, and Conor McGregor retains the UFC lightweight championship. Who needs to defend it? If you're retaining it in fights that are for the title, that's a win. That's a win for Conor McGregor. Technically, this is... uh, Not technically. This kind of is a defense for Conor McGregor. He is defending it against the UFC's willingness to bet that Habib will make weight and that Max Holloway will make weight. Because neither one of those are certainties at this point. Uh, And they're working with the same nutrition team and they're cutting weight six feet away from each other. I saw that. I saw that. It's just, it's it's. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. I'm telling you. Uh, while I will be in Florida, I leave tomorrow morning really early uh, to head out and do play-by-play for Titan FC. My Friday morning will be spent uh, with some fruit, a coffee, and I'll be watching uh, or paying attention to the weigh-ins uh, to see exactly what happens. I would love to just simply hear the fact that both of these gentlemen made weight and the fight is official. Uh, but even still, uh, I mean, I won't be holding my breath until I get back home Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening uh, and get in front of my television and be able to watch this pay-per-view to see what happens uh, when they step into the cage. Because it's, it's, there's, there's, there's so much disbelief that just surrounds Habib Nurmagomedov for some reason. Um, and Tony Ferguson, now you add that to the equation. I mean, is this really uh, Habib Nurmagomedov? Really, that's just casting this weird shadow around everybody. I mean, that's a fight that tried to get put together four different times and at four different times it didn't take place two on one side two on the other side i mean it's it's absolutely insane and now we have this max holloway situation who's got nothing like you said absolutely nothing to lose even if he gets embarrassed i won't even just me personally because i hold habib Nurmagomedov on such a high pedestal that it won't bother me one bit if habib Nurmagomedov or if uh, max holloway gets absolutely decimated the other flip side of that coin is what if he takes out Habib Nurmagomedov? What if he defeats him? Two titles, 145-pound champion that Conor McGregor once had, got stripped. 155-pound champion that Conor McGregor had and potentially will get stripped. The guy that's been chasing Conor McGregor quietly in the background, gaining momentum and, and volume every time, has been Max Holloway. So there's a oh, beautiful yeah. and wonderful story here about it. Oh, yeah, not to mention the Max Holloway. He, he as you said, holds a championship that Conor McGregor didn't lose. But not, I don't think a lot of people look at Max Holloway and say he's not the real featherweight champion. Oh, I think is. most people look at him because it was getting harder for Conor McGregor to make that weight anyway. And I heard people say, oh, maybe Conor comes back and fights Holloway at 145. Piss off, man. <laughs> he ain't never fighting at 145 again. Not a chance he fights at 145 again. Uh, and as we see, Max Holloway is more than willing to accommodate at 155. Max Holloway bought a lottery ticket, and if he scores, he scores big. Because not only does he hold two titles, but he does exactly what Conor McGregor does in a very short time span. And less than two years after McGregor did it, and he can say, McGregor, come back and fight me. Don't wait around on Nate Diaz. Come and fight me. My God, this is this just, and I I just expect to see look outside that cage and uh, remember when Aldo fought. I can't remember who Aldo fought, but there's that just eerie image of Conor McGregor standing there in his suit, just staring. Like everybody else is sitting down. Conor yeah. McGregor standing up and watching. You think about one thing though, if if Max Holloway can pull this off, and it's a big if. I mean, he's a, he's a an underdog. I mean, if you if you take a look at you know. Well, we have at FightfulMMA.com or Fightful.com. I mean, he's a 205 underdog. 
I would say it's much more than that, in my opinion. Uh, Nurmagomedov is a minus 240 favorite. I think that should be a little bit higher. Um, but Max Holloway, Sean, if he was to win this title, and all he has to do is defend it once, either title, either title once, he'll have done more in terms of being a champion for the UFC than Conor McGregor ever has. Yeah, Bet Online right now has Holloway as a plus 205, Nurmagomedov as a minus 240. Uh I'll go ahead and hit you guys with some of the other lines. Nama Yunus plus 105. Yoano minus 125, even though Rose won. Moicano plus 105. Qatar minus 125. Pettis plus 111. Chiesa minus 131. Iaquinta and Felder uh, both in the minus. Felder's at minus 103. Iaquinta minus 117. Um, here's a fight that I'm excited about and we'll talk about later. Kavalkovich minus 176. Herring plus 156. And a line that I'm a little surprised about. Borg at minus 265. Moreno <laughs> plus 225. Wow. But uh, here's the best line of the night. Zabit minus 800. Boshniak plus 575. If you want to take a flyer, that's an opportunity to. We have those full uh, betting odds courtesy of our friends at Bet Online over at Fightful.com right now. Go check them out. This show is, is looking a lot of fun. And... We talk about the stylistic matchup. Max Holloway is taller than Habib Nurmagomedov. However, his reach about one inch less. However, that is arm reach. That doesn't factor in his legs. That doesn't factor in a lot of things. Doesn't factor in his fight style. You would think that Max Holloway would fight outside. It, it's Habib is more talented than Ronda Rousey, but it is the Ronda Rousey game plan. Don't let him get near you. Because you're going to end up on your back. Now, as we've seen, people can get up under from under Habib. I think, I mean, Abel Trujillo did it like what, 15, 16 times he got up? Yeah. And uh, I would uh, wager that Max Holloway's takedown defense is better at 155 than Abel Trujillo's even was. However, um, a lot of that's uh, a lot of this week's activities are going to play into that. How depleted will a Max Holloway be? He's not going to be eating what he normally eats. So, uh, my God, man. What a fight to be able to make on short notice. It loses a little bit. It does lose a little bit because Tony and Habib was one I was really looking for. But this is a legit super fight that they made in six days before it. Yeah. Dana, Dana White says he's never booking Habib, Tony Ferguson again. I don't buy it. I think you have to. You I don't have buy it to. at all. I don't bite it off. Once Ferguson comes back, and it's an ACL injury, so he'll be out for a while. I mean, ACL, I mean, you know, Frank Trigg wants to— I think it's an LCL. Oh, if it's an LCL, that's a different story. Yes. If it's an ACL, I mean, Frank Trigg told me it's called the career killer. Uh, it takes away, you know, a year and a half, two years of your life. Just ask George St. Pierre, Tom Brady, uh, athletes of that nature. But if it's an LCL, you can probably opt out for surgery. We'll see what happens there. But the bottom line is, Tony Ferguson comes back. I don't think he's going to start losing fights anytime soon. The guy's a stud. He's going to be up there in the upper echelon, always be talking about the title mix. So that fight with Habib Nurmagomedov could take place, could happen at any time. You just never know. I know Dana's going to do whatever he can not to put it on because the MMA gods uh, are obviously against it. But there may be a situation where it's the only fight to make. What do you, what's Tony Ferguson going to have to do? Beat three guys yeah, to get a title shot? Yeah, he won't. they won't do that. They are pulling the title from him because of this. But, I mean, there's a real chance that he doesn't come back until he's 35. And... At lightweight, that can be the tipping point, especially with an injury like that. And the way that Tony Ferguson trains, my God. 
My God, that it's going to be vicious. Also vicious is that co-main event, Yoana and Jacek Rose, Nama Yunus. How do you expect this one to go? Dude, this whole card is sick. Okay, this whole card is sick. But this fight here, uh, I I told you before, my heart is with Rose Nama Yunus 100%. My head, my analyst, my gut is saying Yoana Jacek wins that belt back. It's just that way. And I think Johanna got way too stupid and cocky in that fight. I shouldn't say cocky. I think she just didn't respect the power that Rose actually has when she throws a bomb. When she starts throwing leather, she does have power behind that. Although she's got a small frame, she can pack some power. And I think Johanna learned that at any one point in time with those gloves, when you get tagged, you're going down. So it's one of those things where we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'll, I'll never count Rose out. And, heck, if this fight goes down to the ground, we may see what we wanted to see in the first fight, which was Rose take this fight in the, down to the ground and punish Ioana and try and get a submission. So I almost feel like, you know, Rose emerged victorious in that fight, did an amazing job in doing so. But this is the fight that potentially we've all wanted to see. The the fantastic striker in Ioana Jacek, the killer, the murderer in stand-up realm, um, you know, putting herself in check and understanding you got to be careful versus Nama Yunus, who's going to try and stand and bang, and if she's not successful, get this fight down on the ground. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're not going to have the exact same fight as we had before, although if it does happen, I'll, I'll probably be you know, laughing my face off, to be honest with you. Rosama Yunus finished Joanna Janjacek in three minutes and three seconds. That was the shortest fight of Joanna's career. She's never finished anybody in that amount of time. The closest she came was against Lily Kazak at flyweight in 2012, Every single title defense that um, that Joanna had over the, I think over the last two years had been a five round affair, and I expected this one to be two. I thought this would be a lot of try- Rose trying to close the distance and Joanna doing what Joanna does. She picks people apart until it gets downright uncomfortable and somewhat violent. She will let people gas themselves out, and then she'll do that if she has to. She. Uh, Sometimes she dry or she she'll walk 15 miles to drive one in in where she'll let people gas out by beating the hell out of her and then she takes advantage but I mean she knows what she has to do to win a fight. Rose Namajunas is just that woman who had always been there near the top. I mean her first UFC fight was a title fight and she it was her fourth pro fight. Now, that being said, she had seven fights that don't show up on records between three and the Ultimate Fighter against Random Marcos and Joanne Calderwood and Alex Chambers, legit UFC talents. She had four amateur fights that we know about. So, I mean, she was nowhere near as inexperienced as her record would indicate. But she stepped in there and she beat Angela Hill, and we saw what Angela Hill did after that. We saw that Angela Hill was a legit fighter. She's a top 15 fighter. She beat Paige Van Zant, beat the brakes off of Paige Van Zant. She beat Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres is incredible. She beat Michelle Watterson. That win, honestly, and after the Carolina Kovalkovich fight, which was close and a good fight, beating Michelle Watterson doesn't make me think that you're going to step in and contend with the Ioana Janjacek. So, as you all will see in the pros picks, there's an awful lot of people saying, oh, yeah, we thought Rose would win. Shut up. You didn't say it before. It doesn't count. So now you're going to have some people saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rose is going to win. Rose is going to win. Yeah, hot take. Hot take, guys. Uh, the main thing I, I'm trying to point out here is sometimes, myself included, we get caught up in the, Rose as a 7-3 and three record. 
yeah, but she's seven and zero in fights that aren't listed on that record. It, in all seriousness, she's fourteen and three in her career between amateur and pro. And Joe, you know as well as anybody, a lot of times and it wasn't necessarily the case for Rose, but there are a lot of these women who fought each other as amateurs because the circuit is so small. Joanna fought Carolina as an amateur. Yep. Um, I mean, it just happens that way because the circuit is so small and. I mean, there are women who get flown across the country just to fight somebody in the other woman's hometown and end up beating the brakes off of her. This is a fight I'm just really excited for because <laughs> the thing that it's the same thing with pro wrestling, Joe. I love question marks. I love not knowing what's going to happen, and I don't know what's going to happen, even though Rose Namajunas dominated Joanna so severely in that first fight. There is just a cloud surrounding this, uh, and, and it's raining question marks to me. And that doesn't usually happen when you've seen somebody get beat up the way that Joanna did the first time they fought. It's one of those things that anything can happen in a fight, and we learned that the first time. I think the second fight, we're going to realize so many things can happen in a fight. So it's it's, it's one of those things, and, and I've, I've had this conversation numerous times with yourself, Big John McCarthy especially, uh, and I just simply – my argument is always the same. We can break it down until we're blue in the face, but hot damn, just let them step in there. Let them step in there and see what happens. Let the ref, let the, let the ladies and the gentlemen determine how it's all going to go down. And I want to go back to your point where you said all these people, oh, I picked Rose Namajunas to win this fight. But no, 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 no. Because I remember before this fight, I was looking around. Who would say it? Who would say it? Well, if you picked them, you didn't go on public record in doing so. Sorry. Yeah. By the way, that 14-3 record, as I mentioned, between tough, amateur, pro, that is very impressive. Uh, but Joe, enough of what we think. What do the pros think? Ooh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Rose pretty much stomped through Joanna. And uh, when you're the champ and everything's going your way, uh, you have your, you, it's, really, really hard to, it's really, really hard to knock the champ off the pedestal when they're on it. I tear like that, and Rose just walked in and absolutely destroyed her. You got to know that like, there hasn't been a whole lot of time to recover from that mentally. Uh, so I think Rose is going to beat her again. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I like Rose a lot. You know, she's like a breath of fresh air, a really good person, uh, really a uh, humble person. Uh, and you know, Yolanda likes to get in your head and talk a lot of trash and kind of like say things to get under your skin. But last time we saw that didn't work. You know, I think Rose knew the game plan mentally was just to stay cold, you know, just stay focused. And uh, I think she kind of knows to do the same thing this time around. And I think, uh, you know, uh, I think what's it, what's the name? Uh, Yolanda. Yeah. Yolanda will, uh, she'll come in a little bit better than last time. I think a little bit more prepared. She, she said stuff about the weight cut, but, uh, I think Rose ultimately is looking sharp right now with the, with her stand up and, uh, I think she has has the uh, blueprint to beat her again, so I'm gonna go with Rose. Oh, that's gonna be I'm gonna be on the edge of my seat in that fight. Uh, I think I think Rose, I think Rose is gonna is gonna keep her belt. I, she worked so hard to get there, you know. Um, JJ is is my idol, you know. Um, it's it's man, you know what? I, it's hard. I can't I can't really see you got two badass chicks that both want it. You know, just as bad, you know, um, both have the heart for it. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that this, this rematch actually came came around uh, rather quickly. So we're going to see who the real champ is at the end of the day. 
I'll take Rose just because we didn't get to see much of the first fight, how how it play how it's gonna play out. So you gotta go with the person who won by knockout last time. Doug Doug Rose, for sure. I I think that uh Johanna will be a little bit more more cautious. And then again, you know, I mean, Johanna could come out like the beast she is. I mean, a lot of the reason that the women have evolved is the way they are is because Johanna set the bar so high. So everybody trains so much harder, you know, and, and that, was, that was one of Rose's benefits that she really had to put it all out there, you know, to be competitive with her. So, I mean, it could be a completely different fight this time. But, uh, you know, I know how focused Rose is and, and her striking is very, is very well-rounded. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. I would like to see it go to the ground, maybe. <laughs> you know, I, th- I, th- I think I think Johnny gets a title back. I think that um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I, I, I'm a fan of Rose. You know, I'm not hating on her, but I just think that Joanna is is the better fighter. I think that she just got caught. You know, sometimes you know in MMA, it's not like um, a lot of other sports. Uh, even like boxing, the majority of time, the better fighter wins with the bigger gloves where you can protect yourself. MMA. You'll see, I mean, dudes like Roy Nelson made a career out of this. He'll just take a beating for two rounds and throw an overhanded land, you know. And MMA, the best fighter, doesn't always win. And that's not discrediting Rose. You know, she's she's world class, and she's obviously a world champion now. But I, I think that Johanna's skill set is, is, is way better, and she's more well-rounded. And I think that – I don't think she's going to get caught like that in this next fight. I don't – see, this one's hard for me. Um, I was really happy when Rose won, but I like kind of the same with um, what I was saying about uh, Cyborg. I kind of – was hoping Johanna would, you know, live up to the hype, but she's so vicious and so she's a savage. So I just feel like she won't let Rose come out of this one unscathed. So I think it, this one might go further and be, you know, more of a, a war than the first one. But I don't know. I kind of see the queen taking the, the title back. We'll see. That's such a tough one, I find. Um, I really like Rose. I like her personality. I like that she's not for all the bullshit that's involved with the entertainment side of this business rather than the athletic side of it. But I think Joanna's Joanna's tough, and it might not play out the same way. But I, I'm rooting for Rose, but I like, I like them both. I, I really think that, that Rose has a chance to win this again because I think that... Um, Joanna has a light chin. So if she can sneak in another punch in there, I think she can knock her out again. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I can see, I can see, and, and I can, I, I know that Joanne is going to want to strike with her, so which isn't very smart. So uh, I think I, I can see Rose winning that fight again. Random Marco is saying that Joanna has a weak chin, perhaps. What do you make of that? 
I'll leave it up to Randa. Randa's always been a special character. Of, yeah, so... Uh, Damn! Hint, 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 hint. We can use that clip one day, and uh, we can put it out there if Randa ever gets close to a title shot. So yeah. speaking of uh, potential title shots, uh, last week, real quick, well, I'm going to segue as, as best I can here, and we'll get right back to it, but uh, I mentioned Dr. Vasco Gujovsky, who you, Sean Rossap, are trying to get Raptors tickets from. Well, sure am. He watched the show, and it was thankful to both of us uh, for, for talking about him and all that stuff there and some of the topics he brought up. He's actually semi-trolling me right now, saying Kane Velas- in order for Stipe Miocic to be considered the greatest heavyweight of all time, he's got to fight Kane Velasquez. He's trolling. He's, he's making me laugh. Uh, but in terms of a title fight, if I don't mention his wife, Helen, on the show, I may get throat-punched uh, should they come here for a barbecue later this summer. So I'm mentioning Helen's name, who's a wonderful teacher uh, for the youth we all know that you and I, when we were in school, Sean, we were we probably weren't good youth, but that's the ladies no. that now. So shout out to Helen. Uh, but back at this with Random Marco saying that, I'm telling you, we can clip that, man. We can clip oh, that yeah. and just throw it out there, right? Not to cause not to cause a disaster or anything like that, but oh, I, I intentionally tried to cause a disaster <laughs> between Ashley Evan Smith and Beck Rawlings. I yes. tagged back in the tweet. Uh, that's that's a fight that's happening this weekend too. You all should check out the interview that. Uh, James Lynch has with Ashley Evan Smith. So uh, also he's got Joe Lowe's on. He's got several stars from this show on there. But there's a pretty big featherweight fight on this show. At least the, they're billing it as such. Artem Lobov, Alex Caceres. Which I would rather see on the pay-per-view than Moicano and Qatar. I would too. Isn't that weird? Isn't yeah. that weird that they did that? Like how do you not put Caceres Lobov on there? You know the drill. Everybody knows what's going on. Even Artem knows that he got put on this show for one reason. He's admitted it. He says that he knows that he got on there because of McGregor. Meanwhile, you have an honest-to-God, likely title eliminator, Carolina Kovalkiewicz and Felice Herrig on the prelims instead of this. Now, Chiesa and Pettis, Iaquinta Felder, yeah, sure, man. Those are pay-per-view fights. But uh, Moicano, Calvin Qatar, I think Moicano is going to win this. Yeah, I mean, it's got a victory over Jeremy Stevens, right? I mean, this guy's no joke. Uh, I think Moicano takes this as well. I mean, you know, God bless Qatar. Uh, great scrapper, great fighter. But Moicano, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that many fans don't know about, don't speak about, don't understand why he's on the main card. Um He's a good performer. He's, he knows what he's doing. He's got some skills. We'll see what happens, though. Again, anything can happen in a scrap. But uh, I still don't believe it belongs on the main card. That's just, just my opinion. I mean, it's, it's a pay-per-view card. You pay to watch the main card. Give me as much of my money's worth as possible because you can go with every single fight other than the ones that are on the main card right now and say you could replace that moicano Qatar fight with any one of these other fights, yeah. even uh, the Magomed Shurpov and Bokniak fight, because he's such a massive favorite. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So there's an argument you can make for every single one of these fights uh, that they all belong on the pay-per-view other than Moicano and Qatar. It wasn't like there's anything in that situation where it's like, who? Where? Well, Devin Clark and Mike Rodriguez, maybe not. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I, I'll take that one back. But, heck, you put the ladies up there. You know, you can put Lobov on there with Caceres because you know, in my opinion, that's going to be a good scrap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carolina and Felice Herrig is a fight that I am very much looking forward to. Now, Carolina lost two fights in a row, but the thing is, she has a win over Rose Namajunas. And that that would go a long way if Rose wins. Felice Herrig, on the other hand, is a woman who thought about retiring 
after her Paige Van Zant fight, came back and has won four straight fights. And she's beaten uh, Alexa Grasso and Courtney Casey, who pretty decent fighters there. If she gets a fifth win, and it's over Karolina Kowalkiewicz, I don't know how you deny her a title shot at that point. You, you, have, Jessica, you have Jessica Andrade there, sure. but And Felice Herrig is very outspoken about her relationship with the UFC and how she markets herself and stuff like that. But she's become much more, I want to say much more reserved and much more cognizant of, of media and fans and stuff like that. She's not as outgoing as she used to be. Although, I mean, she's outgoing to when, when we talk to her and we, when we interview her and things. But it, it's a different Felice Herrig than we used to see just dicking around with Carla Esparza a few years ago. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not the same woman. No, no, she's matured. Uh, just to go back to, to your uh, Carolina comment in one moment, because people are probably thinking, well, two losses in a row. Well, they happen to be against Joanna Jacek for the title. And then shortly thereafter, she fought Claudia Gadelia. So losing to those two women, ain't nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Uh, if, if you're in the UFC, uh, she did come back. We call that the confidence fight against uh, was it Jody Escubel. So that is fine. But when it comes to Felice Herrig, yeah, I think she's changed it up a little bit. Uh, I mean, if there was someone that actually Evan Smith could have, quote unquote, called raunchy, uh, maybe you could have said that. Um, but Felice, but Felice has cleaned it up. She's fully aware now uh, of the dangers of what you can do on social media. Uh, but then again, there are people, Sean, who don't give a rat's ass about what anyone thinks of them or says about them, and they continue doing what they got to do. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's the great Jim Ross that told uh, Chael and I, make some noise. Got to make some noise. Yeah, Make absolutely. some noise. And as long as you're, they're talking about you. Uh, and then you have you got to win. As long as you perform, yes. you got to win. You're not fighting in Japan. Where in Japan, um, doesn't matter if you win or lose. Just perform, and they'll love you. I, I like the story of Felice Herrig and what she's battled back from and overcome and and uh, went on a streak with Kiesa Pettis. Now we haven't seen Kiesa since the infamous Kevin Lee fight. Uh, Pettis is just not what he used to be. Uh, he's he's only won two of his last seven fights. He did beat Jim Miller. He did beat Charles Oliveira. I want this one to go to the ground. As much as I would love to see a nice stand-up battle, I want to see this go to the ground and see who ends up on top. I have Kiesa winning this fight. I just I think that for Pettis, being 31 even, he's a 31 that has trained at Duke Rufus's school. And he is a 31 that has 27 fights, again, that we know about. He's done a lot of kickboxing in his day, too. He's had a lot of hard sparring in his day. I think his best days are behind him. And I just, I, I, don't, I don't know that Michael Chiesa's best days are in front of him, per se. But I, I, I do think that he is a much more consistent fighter than Anthony Pettis. And I, I just want to see this go to the ground. I have no doubt it's going to be a good fight because... Michael Chiesa fights usually are really, really good. So how do you think uh, this one's going? I agree. I think Chiesa's going to win this fight, but don't, don't ever under any circumstances underestimate Anthony Pettis' squeeze because he's got a good squeeze if he gets that guillotine on or rear naked choke or even the arm bar. If he can pull it off, that's why I like your, your analysis off the top. You'd like to see this fight go down to the ground. I would love to see it go down on the ground only because I think that, you know, Anthony Pettis's ground game sometimes can be so surprising and so quick, uh, you just never know what's going to happen. Now, age and speed. With age, you lose speed. Your speed diminishes. So we'll see what happens. And I just think that 
you know, if, if Michael Kies is smart, he just puts the pressure on, man. Just puts the pressure on and sucks the will to win out of Anthony Pettis and he emerges victorious. I think that's how it's going to happen. And, and, you know, what's going to really happen if Michael Chiesa gets Anthony Pettis' back? You and I are both going to be sitting at the tip of our chairs or the couches be going, uh-oh, yeah. stopwatch starting now. As excited as I am for that lightweight fight, I'm more excited for Paul Felder, Ally Aquinta. I really thought that there was a chance I would never get to see Ally Aquinta fight again. And that was in 2015, 2016. There was another chance in 2017 I never thought I'd see him fight again. So, I don't know. The layoff doesn't seem to be an issue for him. He took two years off, came back, and beat the absolute tar out of Diego Sanchez. But um, he is a guy that is not that far from a title shot, in my estimation. He has won eight of his last nine. Those wins include Joe Lozon, George Masvidal, Diego Sanchez, Kevin Lee. My God. Uh, also, on tough, he beat uh, Miles Jury. Why that? those fights didn't count towards their records, I do not know. They were live. They were three-round fights. That's so weird. And then you have Paul Felder, and it's the same question I, that I always ask when somebody's at the broadcast table. Where Where is their attention right now? However, since Paul Felder has been at that broadcast table, he has been nothing short of outstanding. He, in his last three fights, he has two performance of the nights, and then he knocked out Charles Oliveira. He's finished all of his last three opponents. He's 3-0 since 2017 started. His three losses are... Trinaldo, Barboza, and then a Ross Pearson who will just beat somebody, loses somebody, beat somebody, loses somebody, back then at least. This is a good damn fight. What a booking. What a booking this is. Smart booking. I'm just trying to sit back and to pay attention to social media uh, and any clips that come out from the UFC because I'm kind of waiting for Ally Quinta to take over all the media stuff oh, yeah. uh, at this event because you know he's going to start saying some stuff that's going to rock the boat and, and try and steal the headlines from the main event. So uh, he's currently ranked, if I'm not mistaken, number 11. Uh, Felder's not even in the top 15. So let's just say that he's protecting that number 11. Uh, now, if Pettis loses, uh, I mean, would you put Felder above Alexander Hernandez? Oh yeah, yeah. That's oh, well, what I'm saying. I mean, here's, yeah, it's it's. I get it. Alexander Hernandez stepped in and beat Dariush, but my God, man, that's yeah. The guy who's want to know. I mean, I get it. He's is is Alex Hernandez worthy of being in the top fifteen? Yes, he is. But there are a lot of other guys that are uh, worthy of being there. Uh, here's the thing: I would have Felder above Pettis. Yeah, put him at number twelve. Yeah, yeah. In the, Pettis, in, Pettis, and that knocks out Dariush, right? That knocks out Dariush out of the top fifteen. Well, I mean, that would it would kind of keep Dariush in there. I, I don't even know that I would have Pettis as the top fifteen. At, oh, at gotcha. He, gotcha. He beat Jim Miller, but who what who has he beaten at lightweight? Sent, I mean, Gilbert Melendez. All right, what's what's a Gilbert Melendez today? Ben Henderson was his last really great win, and he had a great run. But the UFC rankings are not about what you did in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, and two thousand thirteen. It's about what you've done lately. That's what the ranking should be about. But that's that's just uh, hats off to UFC's booking for that. I, I also like the Moreno Ray Borg booking too. I think that's a good one. And uh, Borg ran into Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, and what happens to people when they run into Demetrius <laughs> Mighty Mouse Johnson happened to him. And he's facing a Brandon Moreno who made his UFC career on upsetting people. The trajectory of that guy was so weird and. 
He lost to Sergio Pettis. He took some time off because, I mean, mother of God, man. The free He fought four times, or no, he fought five times in under a year. Yeah. So he needed to take some time off. I think that time is going to be good for Brandon Moreno. I'm, I've got him for the upset here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he went through a crazy run in 2000, or Moreno did in 2016, obviously with the Camarillo, Smolko, ben, Benoit, uh, and Dustin. Can we say Benoit? Okay, Benoit uh, and Dustin Benoit. Ortiz. I, I say Benoit. I mean, for obvious yeah. reasons, I covered. I didn't cover Chris Benoit, but I grew up yeah. watching him wrestle. Wish I did. Oh, I, but I got some stories about professional wrestling for you in a moment. Uh, oh, but that that was five guys, and then he runs into Sergio Pettis uh, last August. Fine. Uh, he, he loses a decision. Uh, Sergio Pettis is one of the top dogs in this division. Moreno's still young, plenty of time, and like you said, he's made a habit of upsetting people, uh, or ups- or not upsetting people because he's a good kid. Uh, very <laughs> boisterous. Very you know he's so spirited, but he causes upsets, and I would love to see him pull one off here uh, because I just I, I like the kid, and I think he's got a massively bright future uh, in this division. And unfortunately, the kingpin of this division uh, happens to make everybody he competes against um, appear in some sort of video game. I mean, it's just. It's, Demetrius Johnson is Demetrius Johnson, but I do like this fight. I think it's going to be fantastic. I like Moreno uh, as a fighter. Um, take nothing away from Ray Borg, but this could be one of those, you know, okay, Ray, you're going to have to sort of move over now. Next guys are starting to move up the ladder here to get some title shots or, or get into the title mix, uh, if you know what I'm saying. On, on the, prof- the professional wrestling um, topic, uh, I mentioned to everybody last week, especially Sean Ross Sapp, that should I or shouldn't I introduce my son to professional wrestling? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just say he's hooked. Uh, I started off, you know, I went old school and showed him Hulk Hogan matches for, from the Iron Sheik all the way to some of the WrestleManias. Uh, showed him some Ric Flair promos. No bloody Ric Flair's, but just some Ric Flair promos. Uh, some Jake the Snake DDTs. I went all old school on him. And he came up to me the other day and he's like, have you ever watched John Cena fight? Because I see John Cena a lot. Oh, oh, boy. Oh. So I haven't really put him on the live stuff just yet, like Raw and SmackDown. But Sean Rossap, I think it's just around the corner for my oh, little. It is. Hey, right. you yeah. work for the right side to do that, too. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to throw in. Brandon Moreno is very active off of his back if he were to get taken down. Very, very active. You have Joe Lozon against Chris Grusmacher. I think Grusmacher loses. He's out. However... Lozon could just as well lose. I, I don't have a particular favorite in this. Lozon's lost three of his last four. He's never lost three in a row. This could be the first time. I mean, this is a guy who was on tough five. He's been yeah. around. He yeah. has been around and never lost three in a row. But here's the thing. Outside of his initial UFC run, he's never won three in a row either. So he is a guy that ju- he fights. He fights. He'll win some. He loses some. But almost every fight that he has, it ends up becoming like an interesting fight because he's he's attached to it. He's never been a top name, but he's and and even of late, I mean, he's got a couple of bonuses in the last three years, but not like a lot. He's got two in the past three years in his last six seven fights. But back in the day, it was every single time he went out there, he was getting a bonus. So the, the you MMA always had that possibility of being a great fight. Yeah, you mentioned how you know there's a chance that Chris could lose this fight and Joe could win this fight. I'm always concerned of guys like Joe Lozon and you know even Evan Dunham, who we'll talk about next. The MMA mileage, man, 
that stuff catches up to the body. So Joe Lozon, yeah, you never know. This one to me is a pick 'em. You just never know at this point uh, in Joe's career what can happen. He can pull off an absolute crazy, cra- what is what you guys asking me if I'm going to be buying John Cena shirts or oh for my son? Okay, yes. um, oh, every color. All right, uh, I just think Joe Lozon. Yeah, at this point, Sean, I don't know. I don't know because you know I called one of his fights in 2003 against Ivan Menjivar, like in a ring. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those things where he's been around the sport for a long time, but you just never know. I'm always going to be rooting for him, but you never know. I, I, I hope he pulls it off. I hope he pulls it off. Olivier Aubin Mercier, I believe, against Evan Dunham. <laughs> well, that's a good fight, too. Evan Dunham Great unbeaten fight. in his last five. Uh, Mercier is has won six of his last seven. This is a tough one to call. Evan Dunham, even though he's on this hot streak, like he doesn't finish people. Uh, I mean, he went to a draw with... With Dariush in October. And before that, he hadn't fought in a while. And before that, he hadn't fought in a while. So he's not as active. And at age 36, he if he wants to get his name in the title conversation, one, he's got to win. Two, he's got to finish somebody. That Rick Glenn fight was a really, really good fight. But he's going to need more than a really, really good fight to have his name mentioned in the same breath with some of these other top 10 UFC lightweights, especially the young ones. He's facing a guy, however, that does finish people uh, pretty often. Once uh, Mercier gets it to the ground, he he does some damage. I know he's a brown belt, but man, he submits people like a black belt. I think he's a black now, if I'm not mistaken. I well, think it, he's it a black. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I, yeah. Last time so, I looked, he was a brown. I know he's a black belt in judo. Yeah. So his game plan is obvious. It's always been the same, even since he was on tough. Okay. Uh, square up. Referee steps out of the way. Start stalking your opponent, hunting him down, get the clinch, get the back, start to play. That's what he's going to want to do. Now, he's going to be doing it against a much larger man. When I say much larger man, um, my very first time kind of seeing Evan Dunham in person was at Extreme Couture when Frank Shig and I were doing a bunch of fight schools for the TV show. And in walks in Evan Dunham with his his daughter. And I was like, hot damn! You are huge for 155. Wow, you're tall. And, and Olivier is not that tall. So he's going to be having to play this back game with a guy who's going to be likely a larger frame that can play that hand game, that hand defense game and stuff like that. Uh, but it, it's going to garner Olivier points. So in my opinion, Obi-Messier will probably win this fight, in my opinion, likely uh, potentially two rounds to one because once he realizes it may be a challenge, to not that he can't submit Evan Dunham, but once he realizes he's fighting a black belt and it's not that easy to submit a guy like Evan Dunham, I could see Evan Dunham turning it around in the third round but not doing enough to win after losing rounds one and two. I'm going to be way off, and the knockout happens in 30 seconds. I don't know, but that's how I see this fight playing out. I just want to compliment the UFC for booking the hell out of this card. It is a good, good card. Uh, Unfortunately, we lost Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown on next week's UFC show. That's a bummer, but even next week's show, you have Vittori versus Israel Adesanya, and Israel is very outspoken. If you've seen him on this podcast, my God. Michelle Watterson, Courtney Casey is a good one. Tim Boach. Against Shoeface? Sign me up! Sign me up! Fight. Let me buy shares of that fight. I will invest in that one. Wilson Hayes, John Moraga, another good one. Christoph Jocko, Brad Tavares, another good one. I don't like Diego Lima, Yushin Okami, because 
whenever like a picture of Yushin Okami even pops up on my browser, I somehow just develop narcolepsy and fall asleep. <laughs> like I can't stay awake. I just got to start double fisting these sons of bitches. I shouldn't because cuz they don't pay me nothing. But <laughs> he's so boring. So boring. Also, Aryan Buller fights on that show and uh, we have him we just we got so many damn exclusives this week. It's insane. Even our MMA exclusives are pro wrestling exclusives. I got Luke Sanders talking about Becky Lynch, his girlfriend, WWE superstar. Uh, that James Lynch got for an interview. We got Buller talking about his friendship with Jinder Mahal. Like, we got so much stuff this week. Like, you didn't even mention the main event. I know. I'm getting to it. Poirier oh, versus Gaethje. That is a <laughs> hell of a fight. April is stacked, man. Uh, Barboza versus Lee the week after that. Edgar versus Swanson on that show. Branch versus Santos is a good fight. Aljamain Sterling on that show. Uh Bibiladov and Sasaki, that's a good one. Uh, Bahadur Zada, Corey Anderson, Patrick Cummins. Oh, my God. Then after that, it's UFC 224. UFC's got some good fights. Like I said, they've been on a hot streak lately. And the thing is, there's been an absence of fights on uh, over some of these weeks. There's been like one show over the last month. So I'm missing it. And I know I talk about a, a lot of... I know I talk a lot about the work that goes into to Fightful.com, especially this week. But man, I live for this stuff. I live to work like this. And this Saturday night, we got UFC live coverage. Uh, James is going to be in New York. You're going to be flying back from Miami. I think I'm going it solo. I contacted uh, a friend of uh, James's to do it, and we couldn't ma- make it make it work. But we're going to get her on a show very soon. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be doing a show. Post NXT takeover, then I'm turning around at 1 a.m. doing the post UFC show, and I was thinking about doing the Ring of Honor show after that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait and cover that Sunday afternoon and do like a Ring of Honor show and a WrestleMania pre-show. So my God, we are stacked this weekend, hot dog! But that's not the only card. It's not the only card. There's Bellator show Friday, Thursday, something. One fight to talk about. <laughs> Ed Ruth. I like Ed Ruth. I'm excited to watch him fight. But Ben Henderson in there against Roger Huerta. Now, the thing is, when Roger Huerta was good, Ben Henderson wasn't even good yet. That's how long ago that was. But Roger Huerta was in like a Tekken movie or something, so I'll I'll let it go. I'm going to watch this fight. Yeah, it's going to be enjoyable. I think so. I mean, um, can you imagine Huerta defeats Henderson? Like, that would not be good for Benson at all. I mean, that's just call it a career, son. Like, it's done. You know, it's completely done. And these guys are fighting overseas in Budapest. Still don't understand how some of these deals get done uh, in Europe for Bellator. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I mean, are the rankings crazy out there? Or the rankings, the ratings crazy out there for them to book a show in, in Budapest? I don't well, know. Maybe it could be it could be a sold show. Yeah, no, very true. I mean, but it's yeah, it's, it's in the sports arena. It's not really at a casino. So never really know. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'll be paying attention to this fight. Looking forward to it. I mean, those other fights that you mentioned just before this Bellator show, like, I mean, one of them I'll be, I'll have to watch because I'm going away with the family April 14th to 21st with a bunch of other couples and kids. So uh, I'll be watching UFC Fight Pass in Punta Cana. And then one of them, uh, oh, which was it? It's the Barbosa. Lee fight, God, they better have some sort of sports bar there because I don't want to miss that fight at all. <laughs> Find out from the resort, but 
back to this Benson Henderson Roger Huerta fight. Um, I, I don't know what kind of cachet it really has for this lightweight division, although their lightweight division isn't super stacked. But Huerta pulls off this win. Ah, damn. Yeah, that'd be a big one. That's a way to get your name back there. Now, yeah, Ben Henderson isn't isn't at the profile that he once was, but. Huerta is a 34-year-old guy who's got the body and brain of what is probably a, an 80-year-old man at this point, but oh, he's he's been through some painful situations. He's been through some rough stuff, and as Stone Osborne says, Huerta over a 14-year-old is an upset at this point. Yeah. Wow. My God. Wow. My God. Terrible, 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 terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Um I won't be watching this whole card, though. Although oh, I do hell see no. Ed, I wouldn't mind seeing Ed Ruth's fight, but I won't be tuning in that long. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll watch the Jarena Bars kickboxing fight on the show. I'll oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I would imagine it's some sort of... Uh, Against Burton Nash. Sold nice. show, yeah. But uh, what else you got going on this week, Joe? When do you leave? Uh, I leave tomorrow morning. I got to wake up at 3.30 a.m., get to the airport in time to board my 7 a.m. flight and then head out to uh, Fort Lauderdale called Titan FC this Friday night. It's going to be a fantastic card, lightweight title fight, uh, a rematch for the original welterweight title fight that ended up being a no contest because someone got kicked in the junk. And for those that don't know, if you break a cup, if you ever break a cup, cup openeth, cup closeth. <laughs> so if your junk happens oh. to go through... Yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. No. So I called it right off the bat, and Kamaru Usman's Pinch like, Meister. Ow. Yeah. Kamaru's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like, you watch. You watch. And literally, I don't know... I, I don't even want to know. I don't know if you saw it. The doctor went in there to make the adjustment. Yeah, I was just like... Can Awkward! Can we cut? Can we do something here? And I think the, and I was like, get the cameras well, off. That was almost a cut. Yeah, no point. Yeah, it was just crazy. No joke. Oh, but penis incision. No yeah, way, no. bro. Yeah, so I can't confirm or deny if it was uh, penis or testicles, but something was was in there. So, yeah, so that rematch is finally going to happen. It's going to happen. It's a co-main event. Uh, and then the main event for the lightweight title, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Love going down there. Should be a good time. So Canelo withdrew before the commission uh, weighed in on the situation. And uh, I think that's his way of trying to keep this fight happening somehow soon. He doesn't, like, force a cancellation, but uh, what he does is prove that he could he could go along with what they need to do, although I don't know if vol- volunteering for USADA or VADA testing is a positive thing at this point because they have shown a willingness to conduct witch hunts and take forever to do so. So there we go. Myself and Carlos Toro, we're going to do a live post-show podcast for that on May 5th. However, in the absence of that, you guys can head over to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, I have two dark match commentaries a month. That's where I take a dark match from WWF, uh, apply my commentary over it. Every month you get one of Jimmy Van's archived match footage uh, shows. That That is just really cool stuff for current WWE stars back in the day. I have two Q&A podcasts a month. I have a retro podcast every single month. This month was WWF Backlash 1999. I have members-only podcasts coming back where I have a guest on. We talk some wrestling, just BS it, talk about whatever. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. Take a glimpse. Check it out. You can follow Joe at Showdown Joe. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Guys, 
WrestleMania week. Despite the uh, momentous news that we had this weekend, not a lot of other MMA news, but my God, we're wrapping up, Joe. Yep. Hey, man, don't forget, guys, give us a follow, especially uh, I'll be posting some crazy. Uh, what I do when I travel is I use the stories portion of my Instagram uh, to let people know where I'm at, what I'm doing, if I'm encountering any disasters. So if you do follow me on Instagram, uh, make sure you pay attention to those stories. I don't really post them uh, on Twitter or on Facebook. So uh, regular posts on all other social media, crazy stuff will be uh, added to my stories. So, yeah, give me a follow on there at Showdown Joe. Guys, follow me at Sean Rysat. Follow us at Fightful Online. Live coverage all weekend. Join us. Podcasts all weekend. Mash that subscribe button. Leave us a thumbs up and visit FightfulSelect.com. Until next time, guys, we are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.